podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, lads, UFC fighter Jack Shawyer. You can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation. Make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, looking forward to getting back on there soon. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 47 as we are hurtling towards 50 episodes. Last, We're going to be talking last night's UFC, bit of Bellator, bit of bare knuckle boxing and uh, some, some news and upcoming fights. And uh, with no further ado, let's get straight into it because there's lots to talk about. First of all, we have ex-Cage Warriors champion and... Uh, Legend of the UK MMA scene, Mr. Danny Batten. How are you, mate? Yeah, you're all right, si. I'm doing good. Good man. And joining us for the third time, the second week in a row, is uh, future Cage Warriors welterweight champion, I'd say, uh, yeah. Aaron King yes. Khaled. All right, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? All right, mate. Back again for some more punishment, to you? Yeah, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, no, you have been it's been good fun. So uh, why not have you back again? I say. Um, so as is tradition, before we get into the kind of UFC card from last night, which was you know very newsworthy, couple of couple of little bits of news, slightly bigger bit of news as well. Um, where should we start? Let's start with John Jones versus uh, Israel Adesanya. Looks like it's getting closer because they've uh, Dana White announced that. Uh, Israel Adesanya will face Jan Blauchewicz for the light heavyweight title. Um, Danny, what do you make of that? Yeah, certainly an interesting matchup. Um, you know, Adesanya's got to deal with the fact that he's going to be the smaller man in terms of body weight. So, yeah, it, it's it's certainly going to be tested more. Certainly going to get tested more. Question, um, Aaron, would you be, if you were Jared Kananenye, I can never say his bloody name. Would you be pissed off now? Because obviously, uh, he beat. Did he beat Robert Whittaker? Or Robert no, Whit- no, Robert Whittaker oh. beat him. Sorry, other way around. Yeah. If you're like those guys, are you a bit pissed off because you're looking at that title. Yeah, but because um... there was talk of there was talk of uh, Adesanya facing either Kanane or maybe even a rematch with Whittaker. And then they've just dumped him off. I've just, just disappeared off the screen. Um, would you be a bit annoyed yeah. if you were those <laughs> <I'm> guys? <laughs> um, yeah, but um, also they, if he beats Blahovic, I imagine because they've announced it, it's probably gonna be soon. Whitaker's not fighting very soon, though, is he? I know that division's no. kind of tied up. Like Till can beat him and then ask for a title shot. Whitaker's leading it, so if he does fight Blahovic. And wins, then you'll probably give it the middleweight back. There'll be Whitaker versus, say, Hermansen or Till for the middleweight. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, it's it's interesting because, like, 
the Adesanya versus Blaovic title fight makes the potential John Jones fight even yeah. bigger. Like it's bigger. I think I just said before we started recording, Dan. Like John Jones versus Adesanya is about as big a fight as the UFC can do at the moment, outside of a Conor McGregor fight. And if you add in Adesanya as a two weight champion, and and it's the light heavyweight championship which John Jones relinquished, makes it even bigger, mate, doesn't it? It does. It seems that they're just prepping it up as something that could happen. But I mean, that's no easy feat going up a weight, uh, especially up against. Uh, Blad- the champion Bladjevich so looked very good uh, he has last few fights haven't he yeah and um, if he does get it to the ground which you know he's got the capabilities to do because he can he can push closer to Adesanya and on the ground you know plus Richard is very good you know this will yeah. certainly be interesting we I think we're going to see another side of Adesanya we're going to have to or he's going to have to show another side to himself because he's going to get tested more than ever but look how dominant he's been I, it would not be surprising if he wins um but by the same token, you know, if he comes yeah. up a little short, uh, that wouldn't be a surprise to me either, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one because it's almost like a risk by the UFC, isn't it? Because if Blauchovic does beat Israel Adesanya, which, like you say, is possible, do you think it takes the edge off the Jones Adesanya fight then? If Adesanya loses to Blauchovic, yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it, Aaron? Do you think? I think it takes yeah. the edge off it, so it, it is a bit of a risk. The only because... reason they want Adesanya Jones is because Adesanya's like 21-0, isn't he, somewhere? Yeah. Something. And Jones is, like, whatever he is. Basically and... undefeated, isn't he? Yeah, basically undefeated. Like... That's, that's the only reason that fight's so, so hyped, because they're just undefeated in their own division. So if mm. Blahovic beats Adesanya, that fight doesn't get talked about. It'll be yeah, Blahovic I mean... versus Jones, won't it? Yeah, yeah. and that would be a great fight, Bandai. But I don't. I get the impression that John Jones is not really interested in like a light heavyweight title no. fight, unless it's on Adesanya. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah otherwise, Jones, he would have. Otherwise, he would have kept hold of the title, wouldn't he? Yeah, you, you know, Jones is a clever man. He's been around this sport a long, long time, and and what a great way to uh, way to create a lot of attention to yourself. And claiming you're going to go up a division, and then it frees up what happens in that division. You get a new champion. There, there's someone else come, willing to come up into that weight as well that's unbeaten, and you know he might take a scalp or two at that heavyweight, and then he's got a nice storyline to go back down and re-establish himself. I think he's prepping all this up um, beautifully business, himself. Very good yeah, isn't he? and uh, I, and I think when, if he does that, um, which I think he will, uh, I think he'll then. Uh, do his retirement then? Yeah, no, I just um, think Jones is a clever man. He's yeah, he's um, he's very similar to to Conor McGregor and that like the business side of things. He knows yeah. the right time to to stoke a bit of controversy on social media or post something or you know just like have a have a go at a fighter or just something which is going to get him attention and then he'll go yeah. quiet for weeks and weeks and then. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's funny how you use Conor McGregor in like the similarities to try and like get their attention to themselves. They both they, like but to get in trouble with the police. It. Yeah, they both had they both yeah. had issues. Conor McGregor likes you know, to hit men. They've well. both got controversy surrounding them, haven't they? Yeah, yeah like the same yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, just very true. Um, someone who doesn't go down that route, um, who we saw retiring last week, was Khabib. 
Um, and Daniel Cormier done a really interesting interview with the, uh, on the Ariel Hawani show. And he was talking about um, in the finish to the Gaethje fight. Um, so it's the second round. And he basically said, uh, yeah, Khabib had the, he had set, you know, he had the set up and he was about to put an arm bar on to Gaethje. But Gaethje in the run up to the show had one said his parents were there. And two said he would not tap no matter what. So Khabib during the fight thought he had the armbar but switched it to a triangle to finish the fight because he didn't want to break his arm in front of his parents because he knew he wouldn't tap and he'd have had to break it. Like That's quite incredible to have that thoughts during a be, title fight be, be that calm and neutral to the what's going on yeah like yeah. the toughest he's ever fight on paper some people picked Gaethje to beat him and yeah he's got the the time and the the I don't know like the calmness to just think about that rather than you know most fighters would be going a hundred you know their mind's going a hundred mile an hour in it in a fight yeah and just to be able to think of that. But it also shows the kind of guy he is as well, I think. Um, what did you make of that, Danny, as a, you know, your former fighter, coach, experienced around the sport and fighting generally? What was your views on that? Well, you know, if, you, if you've got that m- amount of composure and control, I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's just even more, more impressive for one as a, on a martial art point of view. Uh, fighter point of view and um, you know and, and how thoughtful I mean normally this thought is brute on brute you win by any any means you can but the, the fact that he's stating that you know he was trying to protect him from some yeah. physical humiliation in front of his parents well that's just even more amazing really it's impressive mate and it shows his character like I know like um, like I've mentioned before um, one of the things which put me off Khabib a bit was the all the things where like with Conor McGregor and everything which happened with the dolly which we don't need to go back over but obviously one of the things I didn't like about that is that everyone kind of skipped over the fact that it all happened because of what Khabib had done in the first place and Mm. I didn't really like that sort of thing but since then I think his his uh, behaviour his attitude the way he's talked about fighters the way he's gone about his business has been nothing short of exemplary and uh, he's um, yeah he's a, you know he's one of, probably one of the in the certainly in the top five of all time I'd say we'll have that conversation in a bit actually with Anderson Silva retiring um, so yeah an- another top fighter well top fighter in his day uh, retired last night Anderson Silva we talked last week about our kind of memories of him, but um, just overall, Dan, without going into the fight too much, what um, what did you make of it? Because Dana White said, whilst he did pay tribute to him afterwards, uh, Dana White said uh, he did not feel good about himself that he let Anderson fight Anderson Silva fight again. He felt that he was that bad. Um, mm. I didn't think he was that bad, to be honest. Uh, I, I think the only reason you didn't see him looked too bad was partly because he didn't have it put him on in true respect um i feel like the pace was slow um purposely uh i felt like um he could have got really hurt but i don't think 
Do you think yeah. if your eye hole, if that had been uh, against anyone else, your eye hole goes at it from the first round and finishes in yeah, the round? Yeah, I mean, Ryan Hall, he, no. he's he he's a bit of a slow starter anyway, but I just think he could have really hurt Anderson Silver at any point. But he was starting at a slow place. I think he's just being respectful. I mean, you mm. saw he was in tears afterwards. I don't, I, part of him probably didn't even want to put the beat down yeah, on Anderson Silver. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I just got that sense that he's just being absolutely respectful. Um, and Danica's kind of right, really. Perhaps Anderson Silva shouldn't be in there that sort of age. Uh, Do you think he's yeah. definitely yeah, definitely done? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, he's. He, I mean, the shots are knocking him off his feet. They weren't particularly hard shots. No. Uh, you know, you know one, one of the things that do go, they talk about, you know, your chin going and stuff. Um, and, you know, I've even said this when I'm sparring and... I get clipped even on top of the head sort of thing. It can knock you more dizzy than it ever used to. You've got like a webbing, haven't you, uh, that connects your brain to your skull. And that mm. webbing, it's just a thin membrane and it it breaks down over time. You know, every big impact that you have, that, that breaks away. Um, and, and your brain moves around more and more with these impacts. It's never going to get better. It don't ever rehabilitate itself. So thinking of all the years of martial arts that he's done and all the rounds of sparring, you know, this happens to people when, when you get older and your brain shrinks as well, so it puts that web in, you know, yeah. under more strain. So, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it it's is really what it is. It, it, it was okay. You know, he had some moments in, in, in that fight. Um, but, yeah, he doesn't look nothing like what he what he used to. And you wouldn't expect that at 45 years old. No, 45, Jesus. Um, yeah. What about you, Aaron? I'll tell you what, Aaron, I'll put a slightly different question to you. Do you think... Dana White was a little bit disrespectful because I saw some people saying that that was really disrespectful thing to say. But like, I don't know. Was he? Did you think he was that bad? First of all, um, I I think what Danny said nailed it. Like Hall, I don't think he's been so uh, like respectful towards Silver. I just think Hall starts very slow anyway, and Silver's hard to work out. Mm. He, he moves. He he does loads of this like herky jerky, fainty stuff. But yeah. then once um, Hall started throwing his right hand, it was over for Silva. He couldn't even... Mm. He read Hall's jab very well, apart from... But he kept moving the same way for it. That's why he got caught with the right hand. And I think mm, that's yeah. just purely because he's 45. He's, his reaction time slowed down. He, he shouldn't have been in there. I don't think Dana was disrespectful in saying that. I think mm, he meant I, it. In a, he didn't mean it in there like a... Oh, he's a bum. He shouldn't be in there. He meant he didn't want to see the greatest of all time. Yeah, he didn't want to see I absolutely agree. And listen, if Dana White wants to be disrespectful, he won't mince around with words. He'll be disrespectful. And he's done it in the past about Anderson Silva on one of his performances. I can't remember who he was he fought, but um It was when he was um he was doing all those Yeah, uh, like nothing really happened. Oh, he nailed, didn't he? Oh, was it Damien Ma? Yeah. Um and, and it was a bad performance. And when Dana White thinks you perform bad, he tells you in no uncertain terms and he's done it with Anderson Silva this was I think a genuine thought that he had and and it's kind of right and he's thinking really I can understand that he was worried putting him in there you know this this guy is a legend he's done amazing things for the sport and the last thing you want to do is see him go out you know in an embarrassing way now it wasn't that embarrassing overall but um, I just think it's almost like an exhibition match to, to yeah. me that's what he looked like and I'm kind of I respect uh, Hall for that, to be honest, because he could have made it a really ugly-looking affair for for Anderson. But out of the respect, he didn't didn't do so. He still got the job done. Still got the win on his record, like he should. 
should have and we expected. I know I said for Addison Silva just uh, to win last week, but that was out of pure you know, res- uh, respect yeah, to do so. Yeah, but um, I knew he was absolutely up against it. But, you know, it doesn't matter. Look, you know, I don't think we should hop on about his retirement fight. That really isn't what Anderson Silva was about. It's about his legacy that he made during the prime of his life. And boy, did he make it. I mean, he was just ripping through everyone, no matter how good a grappler there was, wrestler or, or striker. He, you know, he found a ways to win. And I think what people should also be aware of is that Anderson Silva created um, almost like a new type of MMA fan. He attracted people to the to MMA, yeah. which... So, like, especially in the UFC, people saw the early UFC things, and once that novelty had worn off of seeing the big fighter versus the little fighter or the sumo wrestler versus the karate guy or, you know, whatever it was in those early ones, it slowly became more about the quality of the fight. And there was a period where UFC was losing, people, like, viewers because the novelty had worn off and they maybe didn't have the quality of fighters. And that era then where Anderson Silva came in, he created this excitement with his style of fighting. And suddenly he brought in a new legion of fans to the yeah. sport. And I think he deserves like a massive amount of credit for that. We'll, um, we'll talk some more about Anderson Silva anyway um, when we get there. But let's go into the... Let's quickly go over the Bellator. There's a couple of fights which we're going to look at. Um so before we get to the title fight, we had um, Jake Hager uh, for Brandon Calton. Um, so Jake Hager is undefeated in MMA in Bellator. I think he's undefeated in MMA actually. He he actually started his MMA career quite late. I think he was like oh, thirty, like mid thirties. Obviously, he was a uh, uh, NCAA champion or whatever it is in America. Uh, then he was a WWE superstar for years and years and years. Then he stopped that and he's gone into MMA with Bellator. Bellator do like these kind of crossover guys um, from whether they be athletes or wrestlers or whatever. But Jake Hager's got a bit about him. He's a big boy. What did you think of this fight, Dan? And what did you think of Jake Hager's performance? He took a bit of a uh... Well, yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with either of them, to be honest. They both no. looked very wooden. Uh, they didn't look well-rounded in terms of the MMA capabilities. Um, uh, you know, and I, I like watching any striking sport, so you know, I, I did have my moments of enjoying watching what I was seeing, but it was no no level of MMA that should be Bellator's main card. Yeah, uh, to well, me, it's on I, the prelims. I, actually, I apologise. Yeah, but still, it's on okay, Bellator. But yeah, it is. I mean, Bellator do these things, and sometimes the matchups can be um, interesting. Uh, Colton, you know, he, he was there to fight without a doubt, and so was Hagen. But um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was just so. What can you say about it? You can't talk about it in technical senses. No, um, Hagen was going in with a. Um, with his head really low. I mean, you're supposed to throw your your straight hands with slight movement in your head each time you throw so your head's off centre line but he was dropping it down to Colton's um, knee line I mean uh, he was just looking for the clinch and trying to get the takedown which he was struggling to do I feel like Jake Hager is very much like a wrestler doing MMA I don't mean like a WWE wrestler I mean like a traditional American wrestler doing MMA and Mm. I think that's where the holes in his game are like he can wrestle he's a heavyweight wrestler but his striking's not great. His 
jujitsu is not great, so it's it makes for nothing. And I just feel like if he didn't have his name from the WWF or WWE, he wouldn't be on Bellator. He wouldn't be at Bellator's level. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he'd yeah. be somewhere smaller, regional, whatever you may say. Um, anything to add on that one, Aaron? No, he uh, pretty much said spot on. It was it was a lackluster heavyweight fight, wasn't it? Yeah. Hager strikes, he looked like he was reaching for a lot instead of just trying to um, pop and stuff. And Yeah, it was just awful. His wrestling looked strong. He looked strong in the first round. But outside of that, yeah, like you said, he, I think he's just a wrestler. Yeah, I'm really glad I made you watch Quite that rel- fight. <laughs> Three rounds of that. Just nothing. Um, there was more enjoyment in the, the 20 seconds or around and 20 seconds of um, Sobar Hamasi versus Bobby Volker. Uh, fantastic finish uh, to this. I really, I actually really enjoyed this round and twenty seconds. I thought it was entertaining as hell. Um, what did you make? But obviously, they both had a little, a little stint in the in the UFC. It was not a, a long stint for either one. Um, Aaron, we'll start with you with this one. What did you make of Hamasi um, versus Volker? Hamasi was there to look good. And Volker was there to make him look good. <laughs> yeah. Volker really, really didn't do much. He was getting his leg chewed apart straight, uh, like off the bat. Didn't like change up his game plan or anything for it. He was too slow, and Hamasi just took his time and pretty much chewed him up. But um, what do you think of the finish? Good. Yeah, yeah, it was a good finish. Good knee. But, um, I, love I love a knee, mate. I love it. I, it's nice. Uh, uh, yeah, it was nice really good. Knee but, um, Volker should have been there. Hamasi, no. it was just it was just to make Hamasi look good. Uh, uh, interestingly, uh, Soba Hamasi now has called for uh, he wants to fight Paul Daly in Paul Daly's retirement fight. <sighs> I'm not. I'm not entirely. Sh- if they 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 put Bobby Volker in with Hamasi, I don't see they'll probably probably push him to put him with Daly. Because mm. there's a great finish. A lot of people's going to view that finish. So they're going to view the fight mm. with Daly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw a lot of people on social media focusing very much on the finish and not the rounds which preceded it, which wasn't great. Um, yeah. You know, it is what it is. Like, there's worse fights they could put on for Paul Daly's retirement fight as well. So let's just be happy that there's that. Um, <coughs> Danny, what did you make of this one, buddy? Yeah, I mean, brutal leg kicks. Um, yeah, they were. were. But it, it, it just it just looked ugly. It looked like two different level guys in there. Because um, when those leg kicks were hitting on, um, there was no adjustments being made. Um, yeah, what, what can I say? It was just, uh, again, you know, Bellator falling in the trap of doing these sort of things where they either put freak shows on or put two people of two different levels on there. And that's what it looked like to me. It just, I don't know, just like looked like a mouthy new guy coming to a gym and. Um, and the coach gives a nudge, hey, hey look, like, lay it on this guy a little bit. And that's what he looked like. It's just, I mean, they were both there to fight. I, I take it that much. But, um, yeah, it, it, it does nothing for me. Seeing no, that. Like, just... So Volker uh, fought a UFC 158. Uh, he he fought he... um, Robbie Lawler as well at one point. So he, yeah, he fought uh, Patrick Cote in his debut. Then he fought, uh, he was sp- supposed to fight. Yeah, and then he did, I think he fought, he lost... Uh, via knockout in the second round to Robbie Lawler. Brutal. Oh, Fox, Fox, Fox Brutal. I remember watching it. I was like, oh. Mm. Like, didn't look <laughs> like that at all. And then, 
Yeah, and then he lost a couple of other fights to kind of William Macaro and Lance Benoist and then he's in Bellator. Um and then in terms of Hamasi, he was in the ultimate fighter, was he? Yeah, he yeah, was in the ultimate so. fighter. Tim Means pieced him up, I remember watching that as well. Mm. Uh, Tim and, yeah, and he, him. Right. He, he lost uh, Al Abdul Razik Al Al Hassan at USC two eighteen uh, after a controversial early stoppage. But um yeah, he was only uh, in the UFC shortly. So yeah, I don't think it was all it was alright. I enjoyed the finish particularly, but like you both said, not uh not one to write home about. What about the main event of this uh, Bellator card, which was Gerhard Musasi versus Douglas Lima for the mi uh, vacant middleweight title? Went to a decision, which uh, Musasi won 48-47, 49-46, 49-46, to pick up the win and the title. Danny, what did you make of this fight? We don't need to go through it round by round, but just the general. Yeah, Musasi looked good. He was pushing Lima back. Lima seemed to be too happy to fight with his heel touching the fence, which kind of surprised me a little bit because when, you know, f punches and, and, and kicks were thrown down, he looked like the more powerful guy. Mm -hmm. And so normally what you get when you get a more powerful guy, they normally take centre. Um, but he wasn't taking centre with Masasi. And Masasi really performed well. He was not putting everything in every shot, but he was making sure that he was throwing more than Lima was throwing. And um, Lima just had no sense of urgency once he started dropping down a couple of rounds. Um, Lima started looking good in the final round. Um, and there, to me, it, there was no excuses, really. He could have started doing that a lot earlier on and making more of a fight of it. Now, I don't know whether... Because he's gone up a weight as well. This is up a weight. So yeah. it shouldn't have been a weight cut issue. But it looked like he just wasn't having any faith in his cardio. It's... I don't know, it just yeah, didn't work hard enough for me. And it had me scratching my head because uh, Douglas Lima, to me, has really impressed me in the past. He's, he's looked really devastating, sharp, switched on. Um, but it looked like he wasn't perhaps aware that he was slipping behind in the rounds as much as he was. But, um, you know, besides, he'd he, he done really, really good. It, it impressed me with the way he got a couple of the takedowns that he got and really impressed me with his combinations, the way he stayed out of trouble from Lima's power. But yeah, Lima, Lima left me a little bit disappointed, to be honest. I thought he could have done and made more of himself in that fight. Yeah, at times over the years, Lima's looked a very dangerous fighter. Um, yeah. And we didn't really see that, I guess, in this... Uh, was there... What did you make of this fight, Aaron? Um, yeah, like Danny said, it's like Lima didn't want to let, let, like, pull the trigger on anything. And um, I think it was down to Musashi as well. Just staying in front of him, calm, composed, kept popping him with the jab a lot. Every time Lima landed a leg kick, which was hurting him, Musashi just didn't act like it, it was nothing. Really put Lima off his game. Yeah. And he kind of got shelled up by Musashi's um, just picking his strikes. And yeah, he, his takedowns was nice. His entries was nice. Like um, in yeah. the first round, I thought he, he could have got a stoppage. He looked nasty on top of Lima. Him with some hard elbows and a few headbutts. But, oh, yeah, the headbutt as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah but <laughs> yeah, but Lima definitely looked the more powerful. Like, if you just you wanted him to explode at one point and just let it all go, but he just mm. didn't do it. Like he's looked like you see him when he fought Roy McDonald, when he fought um, like Paul Daly. He can KO people if he connects with them, and he can brutalize yeah. people if he, he throws at them. So I just don't. I'd expected him to come out powerful, and it was going to be a great striking fight. But Musashi just dominated him with a jab. 
Yeah, and Natasi, he, he's such a poker player, isn't he? he don't, yeah. He's like Theodore, he just shows absolute <clears throat> nothing. You don't know whether he's scared, tired, or, uh, Doesn't give or anything. Doesn't give much away, uh, Don't give yeah. nothing away. Really, really poker face. And he shows it in his demeanour as well. It's like, um, you know, if you watch the way he holds his form and stuff, it's just like, you know, he looks like he's not into it, but obviously yeah. he gets the job done. But, yeah got a, a strange mannerism about him but he's absolutely effective I think he's someone that over the years hasn't got as much attention about his MMA as he deserves because he's legit one of the best out there 100% mate um, I think we'll move on from Bellator because it wasn't the uh, the best of cards um, such a strange such a strange company Bellator's in, in some ways the way they put together some of their fights mm, and cards agreed but, you know it is what it is uh, so in the UFC uh, UFC card, there was two fights on the pre-show I wanted to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, I was going to just have a quick chat about Cole Williams versus Jason Witt. Uh, didn't last too long, a couple of rounds. Um, Danny, I know you didn't watch this one, so no. uh, I'll defer to Aaron for this. But uh, I thought Jason Witt, mate, was pr- quite quite uh, impressive. Yeah, he looked strong, didn't he? He looked uh, real good. But that, that Cole Williams, he, that's the second time he's missed weight now, isn't it? and the second time he's lost in the UFC. He yeah, just, I'm going to talk about weight I, in about two minutes. I just um, don't think he's UFC's level. And no, me neither. Jason Witt did look strong, but if he fought someone at actually UFC level, would he have looked the same? I had, uh, I've had several text messages over the last couple of days in the run-up to this card. Um, and they were asking me that I, they want me to ask Danny and whoever the guest was is there an excuse for a professional MMA fighter to particularly in the current climate where you've got like lockdown and things like that but overall anyway is there an excuse Dan to miss weight at, at the very top level really uh, not really to me like missing weight is like say you know you've got a high end job and you turn up late mm-hmm. you know you're, you're, you're paid to do set hours and and uh, perform your job at a set level mm. to me there, there is no excuses i understand that it's hard at times but you, you you've got to get it you've got to get down there is no excuse because a lot of these fighters they have like dietitians there's a lot of people involved in their camps to, to make things all, all fall on target I, I personally i just i'm a bit i'm you know i'm forgiving about it and no you're there to fight a certain weight make weight simple as that or move up and you know, some, I fought. I fought over two different weight divisions, and um, a lot of fighters you know, quite, are doing quite, it. More fighters are doing it, aren't they, as well? Yeah, going quite, up and down. quite often giving away weight. But um, you know, one thing I would never have accepted from myself is not liking weight. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. What about you, Aaron? We've got a view on yeah, that, mate. especially at that level. You you can't expect people to miss weight at that level when it's it is their job at the end of the day, isn't it? Though? Like they earn that much money, they're on the big shows. They gotta be making weight. Is like it harder time, or he's missed weight? He must. He also didn't learn for the first time. Yeah. Mm. Is it harder or easier to make weight with lockdown and everything? As, assuming that your gym and everything, you've got access to everything which you need. Easier. I, to easier, me, like easier. from the outside, I think it should be easier because you haven't got. Especially like really in the UFC like, level, you, you're, you're, it's your, like it's your job. You, you can afford not to work. But yeah. when this lockdown is was on, there's, there was no work, so I opened yeah. up my my training routine, which was training, make weight, training, diet, training, diet, training, diet. Mm. There was no work, messing around. So yeah, it was much easier in this lockdown situation. 
so they they should they should be breezing it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I thought Jason Wirt was very, very good. His kicks were low kicks particularly, I thought were excellent. But um the triangle choke was nice. Um yeah. he busted him open, um and just he was like at the end of the first round, the end of the first round, uh Cole Williams was just like a bloody mess, wasn't he? And and like yeah. Wit had Cole Williams' blood all over his forehead, and it was just like, yeah, he's this is only going one way, and and it did, you know, he finished him nicely, and that I liked the, the with the choke at the end. He kind of just gradually, and then he just slipped it in, and almost the blood kind of almost helped him get it right under his chin, uh, nice and nice and tight. Um, next step was. And sorry, uh, just qu- quickly though, was we yeah. not supposed to cover the Josh Barnett one? Did you want to do that? Oh yeah, yeah, go on. Then. Um, <laughs> do we have no, to I didn't do... watch this. Uh, I, I watched much, it. Much. Right, yes. So just before we go into the Jack Marshman fight, Danny has just reminded me uh, that JD sent a message and asked if we would cover uh, former UFC fighters uh, Josh Barnett for in. KSW, uh, which is basically bare knuckle boxing or bare knuckle fight, because elbows and stuff are allowed. Uh, so we 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 put Danny on the uh, on assignment. Tell us yeah. what you made of Josh Barnett's performance. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Josh Barnett. Actually, I think he's been an incredible uh, MMAist over the years. Um, I really like it because he's got that catch style, which is, I guess it, you, you know I'd always argue is my sort of first style of grappling. Mm. Um, so always really rated him but of course this wasn't about grappling this was a bare knuckle affair um, where they allow elbows as well and the other interesting fact they did it in a square cage so a little bit like being in a ring you could get kind of like cornered up somewhat but what I did like is uh, Josh Bonnet really showed his um, ability to strategize and use tactics Um, so what I noticed here was that the, the other guy that he was fighting up against was um, the better outward striker so what Josh Barnett was doing was he was punching clinching up and then working a lot um, using his wrestling so he was mm. stripping down the guy's right hand uh, by holding his wrist okay. and then he was throwing up his elbow so, and, and to me this is really what won it for him he, he was just putting the putting his weight on his opponent all the time he was wrist wrestling in him uh, getting the advantageous um, arm location then throwing up those elbows and the, the, the short strikes and as soon as he's out as he opened, his opponent started looking effective again, but he would punch, go into that clinch scenario going. He pretty much won it from from the inboxing or the dirty boxing um, situation. So I quite enjoyed watching it from that technicality. Um, I thought it was really interesting how he found a way to use his MMA background to be effective in that kind of arena. So, yeah, well done to Josh Barnett, man. I thought, I thought he performed really, really well. It's weird, like Josh Barnett. So the last time he competed, it was 2016, when he mm. beat former UFC heavyweight champion Andre Arlovsky by submission, and he had fight of the night, performance of the night bonus for that. Um, then following that, he had like a bit of a nightmare where he was literally. Uh, so the USADA revealed he had tested positive for a banned substance. Um, he denied it. Blah blah blah. blah. He then kind of moved to Bellator. He had an illness. He had all this stuff happening. And I believe, I'm just trying to look now, but I believe after that, he was then told that there was like some sort of mistake with his test and that he hadn't Uh tested positive. Oh, my God. And I think that's really naughty because like Mm. that effectively ended his UFC career. 
or any chance he had of having a further UFC career. Um, I I just try and just try and confirm that. But yeah, he's had a lot going on. So even just from that point of view, it was good to see him back fighting. Um, even if maybe not like the biggest stage, I guess you'd say. Um, but still, good to see him back. I thought he was it was alright. He won quite convincingly. Good for him. Um, yeah. Next up, then back to the UFC was uh, uh, Sean Strickland versus Jack Marshman. Jack Marshman missed weight again. Um, I saw a lot of people slating him for this. Look, it would be hypocritical of me to criticise uh, what was it? James, uh, well, not James, but uh, Cole Williams for missing weight several times. And then in the very next fight, excuse Jack Marshman missing weight again because he's Welsh or he's British. And look, Jack's missed weight now a few, uh, I think two or three times in his last four or five fights. That's not, it's not good enough. It's not acceptable. You know, there might be reasons for it, which we're not aware of, of course, but it is a problem. Um, I think more of a problem is that he, hasn't won for a very long time um, and I think he's starting to be in a similar boat to John Phillips where you're wondering whether the UFC might uh, pull the trigger I hope they don't because they're both very enjoyable to watch uh, fighting I, Jack Marshman is an animal Like the amount of punishment that he can take and still just keep coming is it's impressive um, should he move up a weight Dan do you think well, if, he, if he's struggling, the thing is, he don't even look big at that weight. Um, if you have a look at that uh, Strickland, he looks naturally a lot bigger. He's a little taller, look a little more athletic and thicker set. Um, I can't see why there's an issue there. I mean, weight cutting is just horrible. It's, an, it's not a nice affair. So wh whether he just finds it hard to deal with psychologically. But mm. I don't know. Just, you just should be able to... I'm, I'm just not forgiving on it. You know, I, yeah, I would yeah. be... I'd be well, like I said, we'd be very, we'd, we'd be hypocritical if we excused him yeah. because he's Welsh or British or whatever. Yeah, um, it's it is what it is. He's missed weight, missed weight several mm. times. Mm. Um, there's something there. Like obviously, he's fought middleweight for his whole. I was just seeing if he's ever fought upper weight. He's fought middleweight for his whole UFC career. Has he fought a different weight? Doesn't look like he's ever fought. Um, at any other weight for any other company but like you say he doesn't look massive for middleweight no it's the other thing um aaron what for just on the weight cut inside of it like do you think jack maybe goes up a weight could that help him um, out or i don't know if he is struggling that bad then yeah of course he's up weight or if he feels like he, he can't actually make the weight, you, 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 you know, do or die situation, you need to either do it now because the UFC will catch you. Yeah. Or go up a weight. So it's it's up to him. This is his job, it is his, his career, he can do what he wants. Like, But um, yeah, he's he, he either got to have belief gotta, to make the weight or move up weight. Yeah, he's got, he's got to do like one or the other, I feel like, because. It's becoming like, prob he, he, problematic. He's a middleweight. He could take shots from middleweight. Like, yeah. He could probably take shots from light heavyweights as well. So if he, yeah. he, he was that much, if 
you didn't have a weight cut, you'd probably get, get a bit more powerful as well. Mm. Could work out better like, for him. With, with Jack Marshman, like I, I feel like his offensive tools on his day, he could beat most fighters. But, you know, I think there is holes in his game. Like, but, he, looked, he looked better in the stripping fight when he did put a combination together, when he went up, down, up, down, up, down, for like that little blitz. He looked good. Mm. Like, he, he, he wasn't gassing or anything towards the end of the fight. He could have done that no. throughout the fight. Yeah, and I think, Strictly, Danny, we... But, well, sorry, man. I was just going to say, Danny, we've talked about before about Jack Marshman's dirty boxing. It's probably his most effective offensive tool, isn't it? Yeah, look, you know, it looked like to me in that fight, he was just struggling, uh, trying to find his range. Strickland was keeping him to his range, basically. And yeah, okay, Marshman can take punishment. That don't win your fights. I mean, it is to behold what some athletes are willing to take. And they, they seem to show no fear and so much resilience. But it, it's not going to get you wins at the end of the day. Um, look, if you're struggling with someone's range because they've got a longer reach, you've either got to have superior footwork to find a way in or you've got a bit bigger combinations and like Aaron was saying he had successes when he was in feeding in longer combinations it, you know that, if that's the way to win that's what you've got to do you've got to bite down your mouthpiece and just work physically hard now if he wasn't showing that he was gassing in that third round that goes to show he had something still left in the tank let it all out just let it all go um, I know Dana White's really keen on seeing people with the desire to win and willing to, to leave it all in the cage come what may um, yeah, but yeah, I, I just don't think the answer is for him to go up a weight. Personally, no. I, I just, I just think he's going to struggle there. He just it's doesn't have the, the. Yeah, if you're going to go up a weight <laughs> and be smaller, you've got to go there with a a, a complete skill set, and you've got to be more martial arty, if you will, and strategy and have good tactics. I just don't think that that's going to be the ways to win. I think you should just get this weight weight issue sorted, and. Um, and do what he does best, uh, you know, force, force his opponents into fights. Improve that footwork a little bit more. I think that will really serve him well. Yeah, I, um, I so I did him a disservice. I said he'd miss weight three times. He's missed weight twice in the last three fights. So he missed weight for the John Phillips fight, so they, uh, they moved into a catch weight. Um, then he lost to Edmund Shabassian uh, in July of 2019. And then... He lost, obviously, miss weight and lost catch weight fight last night. Um, so he's lost weight twice in the last three fights. Um, do you know how much he missed the weight by last night? Like, was it close? I wonder. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of them. Like, do they keep Jack and John Phillips around because they they'll make for entertaining fights? Or ultimately, I think they're probably both at risk now of being cut. I think Jack less so than um, than John Phillips, just because Jack Marshman has got a couple of wins under him um, in his UFC career. However, what I will say is I wouldn't be against pitting them against each other again at mm. middleweight because that was a very entertaining fight. Well, we'll see. Um, sure, Sean Strickland, though, Dan, what do you think of his performance? Yeah, he, he looks good, Quite sharp, tidy, calm. Yeah, he looked really, really tidy. But, um, yeah, I don't feel like Jack could force the pressure on him. 
to, to see what it's like when things are, are not always going his way, whether he can make those adjustments. I didn't feel that we, we got pushed to see that with him. But initially, you've only got what you've got in front of you, and the way he dealt with it, it looked, looked pretty good. It looks, that's, that's looks Strickland's legit. no joke either, though. No, mm. yeah. no, he's a good fighter. Yeah, yeah, he fought uh, Ponzinibbio and Ponzinibbio Newsman, didn't he? And he, did, yeah. he looked okay there when he went out the way. So, a middleweight, I think he looked right to home middleweight. Like, he looked big. He's yeah. Rangy. I think he'll, he'll do well. But he'll, yeah, he's, he's still no... quite... He's quite young as well, still, isn't he? He's a pretty young guy, I think. Strickland? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not very old, is he? I don't think he's, like, massively old. So, Jack... I'll check his age now. Jack Marshman, he missed this one by one and a half pounds. Um... Sorry, I was just saw Jack, the picture of Sean Strickland in a neck brace, and I was like, "Whoa!" But it's from a previous, uh, a previous thing. Um, <laughs> he's twenty nine, so I mean, he's at the peak. He's he's a big boy, six foot one. He's four well to eight himself as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he looked really technically really tidy. Um, Jack just couldn't get going, and I thought Sean Strickland looked good. And I, I agree with you, Aaron. I think he looks like he could be, could do something if he uh, keeps progressing. He's at a good age. Um, I was just trying to see if I could find out how much Jack Marshman missed weight by against John Phillips, but I can't. Oh, he came in at one eight eight. Um, so what's uh, the middleweight? What's what's middleweight? Hundred eighty six, is it? Hundred eighty five. Yeah, that's that's a few pounds. Yeah, even more. Yeah, so he was two pounds over then as well. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's over, isn't it? He's over, he's over. He could take a punch, tell you that much. Mm. But uh, there we go. Let's uh, get on because we've got loads to talk about. Um, and we've been going 40 minutes already. When you cut out all the bits, I've got to edit out. Mind it probably is about a half hour. But <laughs> let's go. Let's get into the main cards. There's not loads of fights on the main card. Um, I would say to anyone, though, uh, if you haven't seen it, watch the Adrian Yanez versus Victor Rodriguez fight on the prelims. That was incredible to watch because it seemed like everyone bar Adrian Yanez thought that Victor Rodriguez was going to win. The commentators really seemed to be like leaning towards Victor Rodriguez winning. Maybe it was just the way I interpreted it. And uh, the round starts and straight away... Uh, Rodriguez pushed him against the cage and this kind of the, everyone's, like the commentators seemed to think he, he was going to win and then all of a sudden Yanez just nailed him with this like counter strike combination and he wobbled him and then just hit him with a couple of rights and then he ended up levelling with a big head kick and the referee jumped in but I was really enjoyable what two and two minutes two minutes forty six very enjoyable fight to watch I, I love an underdog mate me um, <laughs> so first fight of the night on the main card Bobby Green versus Thiago Moises I really like Thiago Moises I think uh, there's something there he's only 20 I think he's 25 off the top of my head but um, I don't know I thought Moises won round one and two uh, one and three and I thought Bobby Green maybe got round two. I thought it was clear that Moises won. Bobby Green did not think so. Danny, what did you uh, 
first of all, what rounds did you score? Yeah, probably it's the same like yourself. Um, I thought Moises made considerable improvements with his strike and he looked really powerful. He doesn't look very long, although he managed to really rip, rip his shoulders. He was getting his shoulders into the shot, so it's making him punch long. And it, uh, the only thing with Bobby Green's game, game that both makes him exciting and also can lead him to wins is the fact that he fights so often with his hands down. You know, he's really quite rangy. Right, right down as well, and they? they are yeah, right down. His hips. And Moises um, was really taking advantage of that and, and clobbered Green with, with with a few really nice clean shots. But Bob Green just didn't adapt in terms of his striking, but he did adapt and start taking uh, Moises down, which really surprised me. He actually did pretty well there. Um, you know, so Bob Green clearly had no no fears of being on the ground with this this guy who's proven to be yeah, uh, a, a legit, decent black belt. Yeah. Um, he done really, really well with that. I think Green could have stole that final round by trying to nail those takedowns um, and try, trying to keep him there. But yeah, I, I, Moises really impressed me. I, I've got to say, you know, you're like you say, he's quite a young man. Twenty-five. So he's, he's improving on the job, so to speak, and he showed uh, a, a definite increment on his previous performances. Uh, really excited for him. But Bobby Green was in that fight the whole time. But uh, yeah. I just feel like him having his hands down like he did kind of went against him in the end. Um, sometimes it goes in his favour, uh, but this time I felt like it left him a little bit open and he, he got scored upon because of it. Yeah, and I think there was one point, I think it was in the second round, maybe the third round actually, where he went for a takedown, Bobby Green did it a, a weird time. Like, when he went for the takedown, um, he didn't really need to. And it almost played, because he was winning the round, and it kind of played into Moisey's hands then, because it almost turned the whole round yeah, that in Moisey's uh, favour. I, I, Aaron's got a better memory than me, but it, that, wasn't that that hammerlock attempt, Aaron? I was in out of this fight. I was listening to this fight. Oh, that's what you said before when we yeah, off air. So like, yeah, I think... Basically, was, Bobby Green was winning the round. Yeah, it like, sounds yeah, like Bobby was winning the whole fight to me. Yeah. <laughs> He just made mistakes. And, like, Bobby Green was winning the round. And then all of a sudden, I think Moises kind of got him against the cage and he grabbed his leg and took him down. And then Moises just very quickly kind of flipped it over. And then after that, Moises seemed to get a bit of confidence. And he, you know, he got... Just took the fight away from him. And, like, to me, like I said, I, th I gave Moises round one and three. Bobby Green probably round two. But I felt yeah. like whilst Bobby Green was in the fight at all times... I felt it was quite clear that Moises won. But if you were just listening to it, like Aaron just said, he was just listening to it, it sounded yeah. like Bobby Green was winning. But if you're listening to it, um, if you look at the way Bobby Green fights, he makes you want to talk about him. Because yeah, he, he showboats a bit. And, yeah, super snappy and sharp. In fact, I thought he was um, overrunning Moises at one point. Um, Moises went for um leg lock sequence. Mm. When I say sequence, he's putting his leg one way, the other. He went for the Achilles. I think he should exchange it for the heel hook. But he was exchanging his legs from one side to another side, trying to um, exchange his controls to try to keep the leg lock attempt there. But it really took something out of him because Bobby Green done really, really well keeping the legs apart. And then um, he managed to pull his legs short. When they stood up, Bobby Green's cardio, I mean, this guy's mid-30s and Moises is like a, a young man in, in comparison. Moises started looking really gassed and he was really stagnant and he was uh, waiting 
basically to, to, to get his breath back with his back yeah. against the fence and Bobby Green started tagging him up really started tagging him up but Moise's yeah. defence was tight really tight but he did look really really gassed at that point but um, that was the only time when I started to think hey you know what Moises might be folding here but he got his second wind and um, he come on strong in that third round that's what I mean though I feel like that second wind came because uh, Bobby, uh, Bobby Green went for the he went for the takedown at the wrong point right like he, uh, yes and it turned the momentum of the fight because it gave where Moises did look like he might, like you said, he might look like he might fold, but then because he went, Bobby Green went for the takedown, he quickly turned Sorry. there, and then that just changed the momentum. All good, buddy. Um, next up was Kevin Holland versus uh, Charlie on Tavares. Um, so on the football show, which we do live Monday and Friday, little plug. Um, I'm sem. I wouldn't say famous, but like. It's common for me to have a little rant here and there about whatever is going on in the football world. Um, I don't usually have a rant in the MMA uh, shows because it's not that type of thing, is it? Um, I was not happy with the way Kevin Holland behaved after this fight at all. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, when they've gone, they've kind of gone down. And as, as they've gone down... Uh, Charlie Ontiveres has fallen awkward or he's done something and he's hit the ground, he's hurt his neck um, so he's straight away has said I think he said broken neck or he's broke his neck so in fairness to uh, Kevin Holland he stopped he was on top of him and he stopped he didn't hit him, he didn't do anything and then the referee stopped it because of verbal submission fine, that's fine, all up to there is fine but then the way he behaved afterwards mouthing off at Adesanya and, and as if he had just like won the fight with skill or technique or like knocked someone out or done something and he didn't the guy just fell awkward as they went down and also this guy's like couldn't feel parts of his body from the neck down and he's like, I don't know I, I didn't like it at all mate maybe I'm being overly sensitive but I didn't like it I wasn't a fan um, and maybe it's also because I've had a similar injury obviously with myself so I know how scary it is but I don't know I just felt like like he didn't tap him out he didn't knock him out so I didn't feel like it was the position to start mouthing off to Israel Adesanya while this guy's getting his you know stretch it out on a neck thing um, what did you make of it Dan anyway the fight the finish what I just said everything yeah, I mean, the young lad, Charlie, he come out um, looking really good with his strikes initially. Um, you know, th those kicks come from Taekwondo background, really leggy and rangy. Um, but, uh, yeah, when, when it went to the ground, he looked like he, he didn't really have any complex know-how how to scramble up off, off the ground. He kept trying to do power moves to get Kevin Holland off. Um, yeah, and then that rich situation where the takedown happened. Now, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but I don't think Kevin Holland was meaning to be disrespectful to what happened to Charlie. I don't think he perhaps knew that it was potentially as bad as it was. I think it would have been truly, truly out of order had he been maffing off to Charlie. It yeah, was just course, to hurt yeah, his yeah. neck. But his attention wasn't on that. He just was euphoric because of the win. And he started maffing off to add that Sonia because at the end of the day, he's trying to create attention to himself because yeah. he wants to have a bigger payday. So I totally understand where you're coming from. And yes, it's not good 
uh, etiquette that he did with this. Um, it, it wouldn't be the way I would want my student to conduct themselves. But I think he was just caught up on the moment. And um, okay. yeah, I, I, that's how I saw it. But here's a question for you. So say he knocked him out and he behaved like that. I got no problem with that whatsoever. If he tapped him out, got no problem with it. But like, it was like almost like a fluke and, and like a freak freak accident, freak injury, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't like he'd done even like a massive takedown, you know, like you see some of those suplex takedowns and the really big ones. It was just kind of like a freak accident. So I did it, like he won because it was a verbal submission. I get that, but I don't know. I, it rubbed me up the wrong way, should we say. Um, what did you make of it all, Aaron? Um, I don't think he was tending to be disrespectful. I think he just got a problem with Adesanya, like he said. Yeah. So he was in the heat of the moment. He sees Adesanya. You know what Adesanya's like. He's probably yeah, he said something some, back some straight shit. away, yeah. So it's going to rile up Kevin Holland. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think I think he, he, he deserves a name now. Someone close to the top 15 or in the top 15. Yeah, I agree. Someone yeah, like um, Magomed uh, Medov. Mm. Yeah, right? Um, so you got yeah, you got Magomed, Magomed, and Kalov. Oh, yeah, him or White Whiteman. No, Misha Misha Sherkinov. What about no, him? He's light heavyweight, middleweight. Yeah, that's. Oh, sorry, mate. I'm looking at the wrong one. Uh, yeah, so you got. Um, it's always handy, isn't it? Yeah, Chris Weidman, yeah, Uriah Weidman, Hall, Ab- Tavares, Akhmedov, yeah, Omari Akhmedov. Is yeah, that the one you mean? Yeah, is he still ranked? Yeah, number twelve, he is. Because um, I was thinking maybe um, Vittori, but he's matched, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's got one coming up. Vittori have, um, and then a bit higher up, you got like uh, Uriah Hall, Weidman, Gastelum. There's a few names in there, but I agree. I do agree with you, even though he rubbed me up a little bit wrong after the fight. I do believe that he, like, he does deserve someone now. He deserves someone in the top fifteen. Yeah, so Vittori. Uh, it doesn't say on the UFC website. I'm sure I read somewhere that he's got someone coming up, though. I'm sure I did. Um, but if, you know, Vittori would be a good fight for him. Um. Let's have a look. So you got down. Who would you put him against? Vittori, Ahmedov, Tavares, Shabassian. Uh, I don't. When you, when you say Gaslam, I, I don't know. You, you said about Gaslam. I think Gaslam would be a great. Gaslam number eight. That's quite a jump. He, but yeah, then, but he, he's had he's had his losses though, hasn't he? So down to number six. Oh yeah, that, that's another possibility. But then that, that really is jumping up big. But um, so you need two more, innit? Yeah, yeah. Gaslam. I think Darren Till Gastelum would be mm. big for massive fights for him, but obviously they're looking for wins themselves, aren't they? They're on the back of a couple of losses. Yeah, a Darren Till or a Gastelum versus Kevin Holland could be, you know, it's good for both because they'll expect to beat him, and it's given him a name. Whether maybe mm. I don't know whether Darren Till would be looking for someone a bit bigger, maybe, but yeah, I don't um, think Till would take a fight like that just yet. Uh, it should be uh, a risky one for him, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Then you so we were just chatting then, Aaron. Like, who would you give him? You got Vittori, Akhmedov, uh, Tavares, maybe, um, Shabassian, Weidman, Hall, Gastelum. 
Weidman or Tavares. But Tavares just got matched up with someone, didn't he? Mm. Um, well, then I, sp- I, I said, Danny said Gastelum would be quite a good fight. Um, yeah, he's come off three losses, isn't he? Mm. That'd be good for Gastelum. He needs to. Yeah, and I, I said, you know, if you're going to go that high with it, like Gastelum's ranked eight, Darren Till ranked number six. Darren Till's off um, a couple of losses. You know, Darren Till would be a fight. But Isn't I don't he matched think... with Hermanson, though? Yeah, he is. But, yeah. you know, we're recklessly speculating, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we can play with anyone. Um, but, yeah, overall, I thought Kevin Holland was pretty good, mate. Uh, guys, I thought he was pretty good. Um, yeah. Next up is everyone's favourite fighter. Greg Hardy faced Morris Green. Um, this wasn't close. Uh, Aaron, we'll start with you this time. What did you make of this? Uh, Greg Hardy looked good. He um, was landing shots pretty hard. Murray Green died. And just exactly what he described in the last week. He just... I don't know. It's hard to describe him. He's a big dude, obviously, and he obviously hits hard, but he's not UFC level. I, I no. think Greg Hardy had his number. Like yeah. he complained about the stoppage, I, it was fair, he was face down. He was flat. Yeah, he fell it. face down, didn't he? Like when he got yeah. nailed in the side of the head, he kind of and collapsed it, it face down. He wasn't in a good position. He wasn't like going to get out, get his arm pulled back, and very hard hitting. It's not mm. like he was advancing or anything. Yeah, it's a, I thought it was a good, very good stoppage. You know, I love a moan, uh, especially about stoppages. So. I, I thought it was a pretty good stoppage. What did you make of this fight, Dan? Because Greg Hardy is only ten fights into his professional career. In fairness to him, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Risk Green, yeah. His stats, he's huge man, six foot seven, big, big dude. It looks like he's beginning to learn how to use that height and range. But they both had the same reach, didn't they? Eighty point five reach. But Greg Hardy caught that leg kick didn't he um, lifted him off balance and then crunched him with that shot that put him to the ground but uh, I respect Maurice Green for surviving the first onslaught um, and then Greg Hardy almost looked a little bit gassed towards the end part of the first round when they got put back to their feet because he was breathing a little hard and I thought oh no don't say he's going to start fading out because of you know cutting weight because he actually has to cut weight doesn't he, he cuts yeah, about yeah. 20 pounds to get down to that weight I mean my goodness yeah, yeah that was um, my worry when I seen him miss yeah, like, oh, I know my <laughs> yeah, I actually thought he was going to start gassing, and, and you know yeah. the worst thing you can do with someone with a long reach and six foot seven height credentials is uh, start gassing or stand on the outside because Rich Green will pick you apart with simple jabs and and simple teeps and kicks that he has got in his arsenal. Because um, one thing Rich Green is, he it does seem quite fit. Um, he looks like he could keep digging away, um, and that would have been a nightmare for for Greg Hardy. But Greg Hardy found a ways uh, ways around it. Um, he landed with powerful strikes and he never let, let let Green come back into the equation in that second round like he did first. Um, yeah, great. Yeah, Greg Hardy is not the most popular of guys, um, but it's mainly to do with like stuff outside the cage, which you know, we don't really need to get into. But like, um, mm. he just rubs people up the wrong way because the things he's been accused of. But he did say that he's going to use his new found UFC fame to clear his name he is 100% innocent yeah whatever okay. that means I don't know what that is uh, what's uh, going it's on it's to do with domestic violence I believe right but, um, mm. yeah that's not a, you know. that's a hard thing to clean off your name once you got that on there oh yeah yeah, but, yeah he gets he gets ripped on Twitter for a lot like a oh, lot right. God, yeah. for, so yeah you can imagine it bugs him 
Yeah, yeah it's going to be it's one of them, isn't it? If once mud sticks, um, and I think once you've been accused, uh, particularly if there's any sort of like proof or anything like that, or mm. witnesses yeah. or whatever it may be, it's very difficult to to get rid of those accusations or whatever you want to say. Um, and obviously, I have no idea whether he was guilty of it or not. I just mud sticks as they say um, but I thought overall his performance was pretty good and one thing I yep. do like about him from an MMA point of view um, is if you go back and look at his first fight we're now 10 fights into his professional career, 10 fights into his UFC career, he has improved massively in all aspects yeah, of his I game agree. He has. he's really, you can see yeah. that he's put the work in um, he hasn't just gone in and think well I could knock people out so that's what I'm going to do he's worked hard on his ground game and his defensive uh, jiu-jitsu and things like this and grappling and I think he deserves credit for that because it's very easy particularly when there's someone who's famous elsewhere and is not particularly liked by everyone to kind of write him off as a one-trick pony who can just box or whatever but you know he's put the work in and I think he's getting the results It'll be interesting who would you put him against now because um, oh. it's interesting heavyweight is a weird division um, is he ranked uh, Greg Hardy he's not is he I'm going to look it up it's, he is heavyweight isn't he Dan Hardy uh, yeah he's uh, outright heavyweight <laughs> yeah he's a massive, massive dude. dude yeah he's not <laughs> ranked um, but I mean it won't be long till he gets a ranked fighter I don't think um, maybe like one of the lower ranked fighters you've got like a Sergei Pavlovich a Walt Harris maybe Walt Harris versus Greg Hardy could be a banger I quite like the feel, the feel of that um, anyone stick out for you if I read you some names maybe uh, you got right at the bottom you've got like Tibura Ivanov Pavlovich Walt Harris Olyanek Sakai uh, Abdul Ramakikamov uh, Junior Dos Santos Volkov Overeem Derek Lewis and then you're up to the top three, Rosenstruck and and Garner. Yeah, and I, I don't know. You, you can't stick him in against any of those no. top guys. Um, a Walt it, Harris it, when it interests me. I think. Yeah, yeah. When, when when you said that kind of like ran like a tune, or that that would actually be a good fight to watch. I, th I think they'll both. Yeah. Um, yeah, that they'll display well on each other. Mm. Someone's so, gonna. Someone will get knocked out. That ain't going the distance. Yeah, that ain't going. <laughs> that's not going that much. So Adam, we were just um, we were speculating who we'd put Greg Hardy against next. Would if we were going to give him a ranked fighter like someone lower down the rankings? Uh, I suggested Walt Harris, who's ranked eleven. Is there anyone in that heavyweight division which you would like to see Greg Hardy have a go at now? Uh, probably Walt Harris. Is Walt needs a win? Greg needs a name. So yeah, maybe. Okay. Sorry. Works for both, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think it would be a very, uh, yeah, like Danny said, I don't think the fight, that fight's going the distance. And um, no. I think it'd be enjoyable. Um, talking of enjoyable, the next fight is the one that I was really looking forward to the most. Um, Danny, I feel like we raved about Bryce Mitchell in the last time he fought. Um, he's up in the rankings, ranked number 15. He faced Andre Feely, who's a, a very, very good fighter. Uh, on his day, what did you make of Bryce Mitchell versus Andre Feely? 
Bryce Mitchell picked up the victory, sorry, uh, by the yeah. unanimous decision. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, great performance, definitely. Um, Feely um, just visually looked bigger than his yeah, previous. Yeah. He's quite a wiry guy. He's not very thick set in the leg, but he definitely looked more bulked up the top arm and, and around the shoulder. Definitely look a, a stronger Philly than we've ever seen before. And that showed through his ability to escape some of Mitchell's tight, tight positioning. Um, you know, he's unable to get out from those mount positions and actually turn the positions over, not just to scramble to his feet, but actually put Mitchell on his back. Now, you know, that could be both ad as a compliment for um, Feely's conditioning, um, clearly trying to bulk up a little bit more and become a bit of a bigger weight cutter. Um, that definitely showed itself here in this fight. But Mitchell did show some some holes in his game. And the two holes that I sort of noticed in his game was his, his defensive striking. So he was actually all right delivery strikes. He landed on Feely, who's a pr pretty decent striker. Nearly everything that uh, Bryce threw landed really nicely through a really nice cross hand, through some nice kicks. But his form really wasn't there. And he started to breathe really heavy uh, after that first round. Actually looked like Feely was going to take over. Um, I had some fears for, for Mitchell. But in that third round, Mitchell was able to get it to the ground and, and Feely just was unable to continue to do those great escapes that he was doing and those turnovers he was doing in the first two rounds. And, and Bryce pretty much smothered him in that third round. Um, yeah, so it, it's still impressive because Feely is good and anyone that's beaten Feely has got, got, got to be decent level. But Mitchell definitely was as, as dominant on the ground as we've seen him in the past where he's, he's putting people in submission after submission. Um, yeah, sure. But yeah, if Mitchell wants to continue his his right to fame he's definitely going to have to address the the, the issue with his form on his feet um, yeah that's about all I could say about it really I was a little bit surprised he let his base go maybe he's just so confident on the ground he doesn't care that he gets put on his back but yeah. you know, one of the strong things you learn in, in, in jiu-jitsu when you're learning is when you're on top you stay on top you show good base Um yeah, but we can put that down to Feely's, you know, conditioning. He he looked very very strong. I've got to say. Yeah, I thought um, Feely looked pretty good in certain aspects of his uh, of his fighting. His kicking and stuff was good. Um, you felt like when Bryce Mitchell did get the takedowns, um, he looked pretty dominant, didn't he? Um, the other thing I'd say. I agree with you, which you said. What you said about Bryce Mitchell, he does need to keep working at his game. Uh, we just talked about Greg Hardy and how hard he's worked at his game uh, to mm. keep improving. And I feel like Bryce Mitchell's got to do that if he wants to. Like he's burst into that top fifteen with his grappling skills, but if he really wants to work his way up that top fifteen, I feel like he's got to keep working at other aspects of his game. Um, but is it like a stat for you, Aaron? Uh, Andre Feely had only ever been taken down four times in like one fight, and I think Bryce Mitchell doubled it. I think in that fight, so I think that shows how good and how strong Bryce Mitchell is in the takedown. And um, what did you make of this fight, though, uh, mate? It was good. Uh, Bryce looked good. Yeah, um, definitely needs to work on his striking. He was very stiff, and it was like forced. He definitely had some power. He had some shots, and he. Like uh, Danny was saying, he was landing a lot, but his his form was stiff. And uh, if, he, if he didn't have that takedown um, kind of threat, I think Feely would have put it like put it on him on the feet. He, yeah, yeah, definitely got the tools to his jab looked sharp. He looked sharp on the feet. He looked, he looked stronger as well. 
But um, Bryce Mitchell's grappling is is real good. You've seen that in the first round, and they're both fresh. They're both not sweaty. He, he, he was good. But he did rush up to positions too, too quickly, I thought, which mm. he needs to learn from. I think someone like Cub Swanson or Jeremy Stevens is a good test for him now because there's top 15 in the fairway divisions are full of they're full of they're full of killers I looked at other look at them earlier mm. the rankings there. there's a lot of good guys in there too good I think for him at the moment so someone like Kerb or Stevens would be good for him mm. yeah I was just looking then at the uh, that featherweight division they're likely going to put him against someone maybe just above him I, I suppose um, just above him is like Edson Barbosa uh, Ryan yeah. Hall, Dan, Dan Eig, Shane Burgos. Like I, I think I just feel like at the moment Barbosa would probably destroy yeah. Bryce Mitchell because of his all-round game. Um, uh, Anna Allen wants Barbosa, I know he doesn't. He? Yes, he does right. indeed. So, but yeah, Cubs Danny one seems like a good shout. Yeah, What's he's um, not in the top Shane Burgos. I think he he pick pick Mitchell apart. I don't think Mitchell take Burgos down. No. Mm. So it's interesting where they go with uh, Bryce Mitchell now because they obviously think highly of him, and it's kind of where they they want to keep him going up the top. Do they risk giving him someone like a Barbosa or who's just above him in the rankings, or do they go with like a Cub Swanson for him to continue his growth as a fighter and hopefully keep picking up the wins? I mean. For me, it makes most sense to give him a Cub Swanson, where you yeah, can yeah. Okay. long that, term thinking, isn't it? That, that that's a good call, the Cub Swanson one. And I just don't want uh, Ross Mitchell to fall down, uh, you know, this route of being seen like a Damian Meyer. Someone no one fears. Obviously, he gets his wins, he gets his, but no one fears. You're not going to get hurt against him. I don't want him to to be just seen as a pure jiu-jitsu guy try, trying to make it I want him to become this all-rounded athlete and he's young enough yeah. to do so Damian Meyer sort of like was getting long in the tooth you know long, long ago in the MMA but um, mm -hmm. so he just stuck it through his roots and I get that but yeah I just hope that he does continue to try to improve in other areas because he ain't always going to succeed with getting the takedowns so so, so freely there, there's some monster wrestlers um, that can also strike you know, scarily, uh, there's some scary bangers in the division. Um, yeah, uh, he, he's not ready for that top, top tier yet, but he's certainly progressing very, very well. And um, yeah, Cup Swanson, Cup Swanson actually fought for a while. He was like super, super active, but he's been out of it for a little while. I just wonder whether. Yeah, he hit his knee in um, Quintet. Ah, uh, okay. Ah, uh, right. Okay. I didn't know about that. Right. Yeah, that that explains why he's been out. Yeah. Right be interesting though that fight I really feel and I agree with you Dan he's yet Bryce Mitchell's young enough to make himself the kind of for lack of a better term the ultimate fighter but mm. like he's 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 young enough to make himself like a proper all-round killer he's got yeah. the base haven't he and he's got the the basics to go and do it it's up to him to put that work in at the end of the day um, and really go and get it but um, I'll be interested. I'll be watching him to see uh, where they put him next. Okay. I think he will. I think he'll put the work in. I think he will. Yeah. yeah. I do too. He, he seems like, uh, especially because he had that serious injury, didn't he, himself, where he put a 
was it a drill through his nuts or something? Oh. It was something. It was something really like. Yeah, but group sounds pretty. Bad. Sounds yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, he was out for ages. Like he, um, oh, what was it? I'm sure it was a drill. It was something like. I thought his cup split, didn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna have a look now. Um, let's have a look because I've got to get it right. Yeah, no, he tore his scrotum while using a drill uh, in a freak accident. Yeah, uh, yeah, ouch. Posted pictures of the like his clothing covered in like blood Not and juice. Like, yeah, mate, <laughs> it's brutal. Like, ouch. So to come back from a serious injury like that and you know be at the level that he's at, let alone anything else, um, it shows shows he's got the the mentality and the work ethic to to do mm -hmm. it. It's just up yeah. to him to keep progressing the other parts of his game. Um, yeah. And next up, we had the main event of the evening, the end of an era, the Spiders' last fight as uh, Uriah Hall fought Anderson Silva. I mean, I know people have said, oh, Anderson Silva, he was rubbish, blah, 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 he didn't look great. I thought he looked all right. I didn't think he was, like, terrible. It wasn't, like, on the level of Jake Hager and Calder in Bellator. Do you know what I mean, Dan? It wasn't that yeah. bad to watch, like you know. I thought it was no, all right. No, no. Uh, yeah, I think I just summed it up when we was it off air or was we on? It was at I the can't beginning. Remember. I, I think it was on the beginning. I think it was on air. I just feel like you know, you know he did perform you know reasonably, you know, taking the age into account and the you know the right hall is a, he's a big hitter. You know, you make a mistake, it's consequential, as we we eventually ended up seeing. But I think Roy Hall gave Anderson Silva. You know, so much respect. He allowed Anderson Silva to show glimpses of him, his former self. Yeah. Um, he, he, he looked pretty sharp. He just didn't have the power and the work rate that we know that can be put there. Although Anderson Silva has been criticised with his work rate as well in the past. Um, it, it looked very exhibition-y to, <laughs> to, to, to me, without being disrespectful, because because I, I don't really don't know how else to sum it up. But I do feel like. If Uriah Hall uh, had no respect for Anderson Silva, I think he could have put him out in the first two rounds. But he could have, I, if he had poured it on him like he did to finish the fight, or even towards the end of the round before. You feel like if he had done that at any point, the fight probably would have been over yeah. very quickly. Yeah, and like you know, and that's uh, like you said, though Uriah Hall is notoriously slow starter, but also. Yeah. You could see the amount of respect he had. The I don't yeah. think he. It felt like he didn't even want to beat him. <laughs> the way yeah, he yeah, sort of apologising afterwards, but sure, maybe he would have preferred it to go to like a decision. I don't know. It's it's got to be difficult, I suppose. But equally, he took the fight. I don't know. It's it's a weird one. Um, what did you think, uh, Aaron, of Uriah Hall's performance? Overall. Yeah, I think um, Danny's right. If Hall exploded on him in the first round, it could have been over. But then it's not Hall's. He's kind of he's known for this. He holds back. So Hall says he's got a different mindset, but he didn't show in that fight where it was due to him respecting Anton Oil, which was Hall being Hall. But I yeah, yeah it was not a good fight for Anton. I think he should have retired after he fought Adesanya. Like Alessandro said the same as well, he didn't want to hit Anderson, he wanted to play with him. 
And that's why he went to the decision. Otherwise, Alessandri, I reckon, would have put him away in one as well. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Silva just hasn't got it anymore, has he? His reaction time is slower. His, um, his move was very, like, you've seen the speed difference in him all throughout. Laboured, the isn't he? Yeah, every time Paul did throw a jab or something, it was very quick and sharp. Where Silva threw his, it was, it was sharp and quick for a 45 year old, but being a 45 year old, you should be in UFC. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's uh, it's kind of like time to to wrap it up, or sort of thing. Um, yeah, and he can't take damage because as soon as he hit the deck, he, he was stuck. Just yeah. no he- no movement, no curling up, no looking to play a decent uh, offensive guard just being just laid there yeah, yeah he's like legs and legs and arms everywhere wouldn't they yeah. they were like yeah. uh, spray like just like yeah, all over the place like that but mm. you know it I guess it is what it is as they say uh, end of an era the spider's gone Khabib's gone we got all this yeah. new talent it coming up. It is getting the last silver went out on this like this note though, because all the new, yeah. new waiver fans are going to see this side of him, not the destruction no, he used yeah. to put on people. Yeah, it'd be nice to, to go out there and just, like catch him with an axe kick and KO him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought when he went for that axe know, kick, I good. thought, oh, wouldn't it have been nice if he had like caught that flush and <laughs> kind of just been that is how he went out like in style, but. It's not the way of the world, unfortunately, and uh, he hasn't looked great. Uh, let's be honest. Over the last year or two, when he's no. whatever he's for, he's looked a bit laboured and a bit. Um, and like you say, those punches which did take him down, they weren't like huge. Like Uriah Hall wound up and smashed no. him. One of them no, was like a very short, uh, short touch, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and they surprised them as well. We, um, when they when they landed, they weren't particularly hard, although they they were flushing connection. It, it, it looked like they surprised him. Yeah, it mm. looked like, oh, he didn't even see him coming. He didn't even you know, have a chance to have any defensive reactions to it. He just didn't know they was landing until they landed. Yeah, incredible, mm. isn't it? The, but, yeah, I uh, I would say Anderson Silva is probably right up there and people who kind of brought me into MMA in terms of being a fan and watching it, like, he was one of the first fighters where I really was like, "Wow, I, I've, got, I've got to watch this." Um, so I'm sad to see him go, but I'm also excited about the fighters who are coming up. There's some unbelievable talent coming but up. That's around. you know what? That's a, the nice thing about MMA. That there's such an influx of of, of, yeah. of talent from even even rank twenty. Uh, or 25 there's amazing fighters coming up oh, and rather, um, rather than what's happening in the boxing world you know in the boxing world you, you maybe got what four or five at the top that you want to see and then you're struggling ever to match them up together because they're always in disagreement to un- or yeah all owned different by different titles. companies and different yeah this, this is why MMA is growing from strength to strength because whoever's getting unbeaten records they're getting matched up against each other and they don't try and avoid each other there's um People are sick yeah. of it, aren't they? People are sick of boxing, uh, where the fighters are dodging each other, or the or the uh, the the agents can't come to an agreement on and, where and to re- fight and who to fight, and it's yeah. and t- it's time and time stupid, again, yeah, it's the bad decisions as well. Time and time again, at the highest of levels, like 
not horrendous. Mm. I think there was one uh, people calling bad judging on the the last fight that happened. Uh, I didn't even invest a lot of time into it because I didn't have time to do so. But there was, there was numerous people saying what a terrible decision uh, the last fight was over the weekend. So yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a problem with boxing, <laughs> the judging as well. It's, yeah, I mean, it's um, not been not been great for MMA, but boxing, it's been the tourist. It's done nothing but damage the sport. Uh, one positive, which we'll get into now, uh, but just to finish us off before we before we do our predictions for next week's show and finish us off, um, I wanted to get both your opinions on uh, last night at the UFC show. They were using instant replays, whereby the fight didn't uh, wouldn't have been stopped if they used the replay. Um, is that something that you'd both would actively kind of encourage and are happy to see? Uh, Danny first as a coach and, and yeah, Adam yeah. As a fighter. I, I think having a playback is a really good idea. I think it was always a long time coming into football, wasn't it? Yeah. To, to be able to do such a thing. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it, 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 it's going to take the pressure off the referees for making bad decisions over certain things as well, a, a little bit. But yeah, look, it's just common sense, it's logical. So uh, bring technology into it. Absolutely. It didn't make sense to me as well that they would use it, but then they would end the fight because they used it. Like, mm. that was puzzling to me. What about you, Alan, as a fighter? Like, are you um, looking at that it, and thinking, God, yeah, use the bloody replays? Use the replays, yeah. But take into account what the damage was like. Say, mm. use the replay after like a big knee or a legal knee or an elbow happened. You can't restart the fight off the replay. You can reverse the decision, maybe, but there's no contest. Mm. But to restart the fight, then once the the fight has been hurt, is it's not good for. Yeah, fighters. of course. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna want it because he's a fighter. He's gonna want the replay. He's gonna want to get back to action. But the halftime dude, like you've been, you've been smashed in. So. Yeah, but then, if the knees, like, so say for instance, there's a. Like the guy's down, he gets kneed in the face, and they check to see if it's a legal or an illegal knee. The fight hasn't finished, but they check it, and then they rule that it's legal. It's also unfair on the guy who's kneed him because the guy who's taken the knee has had time to recover in that period. Yeah. But if so, there's loads of aspects to it. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Right. If it's a bad, yeah. if it's a bad knee, and you're like, mate, that will yeah. stop you regardless, then you stop it. The guy's won. The, but if you're like, yeah, that knee really didn't hit. We just looked illegal. So we start him. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Dan? I think, I think you're uh, looking at. Yeah, I think ultimately it's been been brought in probably because of all this eye poking that's been happening. Oh, it's been I constant it's a, this year, isn't it? Yeah, I, and and I, th I think initially it's going to try and yeah, squash, need to, need to squash that. Gloves, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what a lot of it is, Aaron. To be honest, I think, just think the clubs can be better designed to help curl the hand around a little yeah. bit more. Um, yeah, but I, 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 it's going to take a little while before you know the refs get used to using this, and it will develop and they'll, they'll improve with it. Same as anything, it takes time, doesn't it? And people get used to what they're supposed to be doing. People get yeah. used to the, the technology and how to use it, best to use it. They'll adapt it. They'll change it. Um, UFC is pretty good with stuff like that, though, I think. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Let's have a quick predictions for next week. 
Uh, there's nothing on the prelims who I didn't think stands out. I can't see anyone. What is the card next week? Uh, main event is Figueroa. Tiago Santos versus Glover oh. Texera. Oh, uh, so there we go. We'll start there. Oh, Who yeah. you got for that? Rank number one versus rank number three. So I got Santos. Yeah, I think I've got too Santos, powerful, yeah. too quick for Teixeira. Teixeira's good, good boxer, good. He's got good, good wrestling as well. But I think Santos is going to be too powerful, too quick off the bat, and not let Teixeira get warm. I'm, I'm going to go Teixeira. Uh, I'm going to go against you guys. There we go. Do you think? <laughs> So, it, like, obviously we talked about uh, Blauschewitz is going to fight uh, Israel Adesanya. These two are ranked one and three. Before they announce that Israel versus Blauschewitz, they've got to be thinking the winner of this is going to have a title shot, surely. Yeah. Dan? Aaron? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. they're both highly ranked. They're fighting each other. They've got to be thinking, if I win this... I'm next in line. But really, they're not going to be, are they? Because you've got Israel versus Blauchewicz. The winners, or if Israel wins, he's going to face John Jones. If Blauchewicz wins, he's going to face John Jones or rematch with Whitaker because with the time, enough time will have passed. And then you've got these two kind of waiting in the wings. It's a big division. Um, there's also a heavyweight bout between Andre Alaski. And uh, Tana Bosa, uh, Danny, who you got in this one? Uh, I know you're very familiar with Tana Bosa. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. Let's go. Let's go Bosa. Yeah, let's Oof. go Tana Bosa. Alaski's been doing really, really well though lately. But yeah, Tana Bosa's a big boy, isn't he? Just looking yeah. at, uh, he's a, he's got. They've got UFC has got Tanabosa's weight listed as two six five pounds, mm. and Olofsky is two forty, so that's yeah. a big difference. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the bulldozer, bulldozer Bosa. I think Alan, yeah. who you got for that one? Who did you choose? Uh, I, I chose. We well, we both chose Bosa. Actually. Bosa. Mm. I'm gonna go with Olofsky then, just to go against him. <laughs> I was, I was thinking Boxer, but then there's Olofsky. Is either gets KO'd or he don't, and he wins. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's still well relevant. That Boxer, I think, is going to be looking to KO him early and maybe get outstruck mm. and outpointed. Back yeah. yeah, I don't know if you heard me. I say he's got a big weight advantage, uh, Boxer. Yeah, twenty pounds. And, um, yeah, so I think uh, yeah, Olofsky hasn't got the same chin that he had. That he once had, should we say? I don't yeah. think. Um, who else we got? Oh, ladies' fight looks good. Uh, Claudia Gadelia versus Jan. Oh, yeah, I can't yeah. pronounce that name. It's Chinese yeah, name. How yeah, to pronounce X in Chinese? Oh God, nice. I think it's yeah. I think it's Yan Shosan, but I'm not sure. Uh, she's fighting Claudia Gadelia in the women's strawweight division. Uh, Aaron, who you got there, mate? Do you think? I'm not sure who the other lady is. I know Claudia. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to go with her because I'm not sure who the other lady is. Claudia's uh, always good. She's like championship. Uh, Jan. She's Jan's good. Yeah, Jan, Jan Yoshan, sure. I think her name Yeah, is. she's very, very good. She, I'm going to go Jan. So. It's 
so I could I split. I'm a big fan of Claudia Gadelia as well, but um, I I'm gonna go with uh, Yan Yoshan because I do like uh, some of the Chinese ladies which have come into the UFC. Uh, That's brutal. They're brutal, aren't they? Yeah, real badass ladies. Um, and uh, that's it, really, for the big names. There's obviously a load of other fights, but we're not going to go through all of them. We'll be back next week. You never know. We might have Aaron with us again. He kind of popped in, <laughs> and, it popped in and out yeah. tonight, didn't he, with the connection? I do apologise. My phone is dying. It's all good. We got the we got the stuff we needed. I'll have a, I'll, I'll edit around some stuff as well. So always good with the editing. Um, we'll be back next Wednesday for another episode of the Danny Batten Fight Show. I'm sure we'll have a guest of some sort. We like to have guests. Thank you very much to uh, Cage Warriors Welterweight, Mr. Aaron Khalid. Tell the people where they can find you on socials, mate. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Khalid MMA. And you can also find me on Instagram at AJ Khalid. Um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, Dan, hopefully I'll fight new soon in December. I was going to say that I didn't ask you because we asked you last week, but yeah, I'm hopefully in, like <laughs> next time, next time, yeah. next time we'll be able to tell us. Um, Danny, tell the people where they can find you on social media. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, you don't uh, know. You don't no, know. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Come find Just you. look Dan- up Danny Button. <laughs> yeah. Just search at Danny Button uh, at, I- at Danny Button FS on. Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. I've actually got Instagram, but I can't remember. I go on Danny it. Button Danny Button oh, unlocked. Oh yeah, three, like haven't you? Danny Button yeah, well, unlocked. Yeah, my sunset went up Danny for Button me. Danny Button MMA coach. I tried to do one myself. The main one, Danny Button at Danny Button FS on Instagram and Twitter. That's the shows. Uh, Twitter and obviously follow his podcast nation. Most importantly, subscribe to the YouTube channel that's the best way to support the show the channel everything new, lots of new shows every week MMA Wednesday football Monday Friday mental health in sports Sunday conspiracy theories coming back and all sorts of other exclusive interviews got some UFC interviews coming up as well uh, so give us a subscribe and a follow Until I want then, to get on that I want to get on that conspiracy one yeah, you got it. I was going to say, can I get on here as well? Yeah, <laughs> we want a bit of Everyone that. Everyone wants in on that one. <laughs> got, to, got about to drop. Well, after after the mental health and sports series has finished running, it was only supposed to run for five weeks, but because of like stuff which is going on and the reaction to the show, I've extended it to ten weeks now. So I might have to drop the conspiracy theory show on a different day. Can't make people wait like ten weeks for for the new ones. Um, but there we go. We'll see. Well, being f- MMA fighters love the conspiracy theories, though. I've noticed that. <laughs> All right. We'll see you uh, next Wednesday. Latest.
Podcast Network.